Welcome to Side Talks. You know what we haven't done in a long time? What? I'm walking in Dothan, walking in Dothan. I just, that, I feel like we could open every podcast with that. I, but should we? No. <laughs> should no. we? Walking in Birmingham. It doesn't work. No. It's tough. I don't, I, yeah. Um, there's probably a very good reason not even remotely touching, like, copyright infringement right. that we shouldn't <laughs> shouldn't, um, shouldn't shouldn't do, shouldn't do walking in insert name of alabama uh, city here know. that's very um, true but you know um that's very true. you know we're, we're we're wild on this podcast you know you've got some rules we're here to break them we're gonna you know look at your rules and i don't know kind of sneer at them and say you know that's that's not for us that's not our lifestyle exactly and we're gonna put on our leather jackets and skateboard away so yeah, take your sure. rules and, and shove Ram them it. up your ass um I would love to get a cease and desist for walking and for, for me singing "Walking in Dothan." It's kind of like, uh, conf- you know, have you been to the cinema lately and seen what plays before the films, Corey? Yeah, and I'm not sure that I want to say. I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it, Casey. I'm giving you a shout out. So everybody's probably who listens to this podcast, I'm sure, has been to the AMC theater and seen that wonderful AMC introduction with Nicole Kidman, where she talks about going back to the movies, and I'm sure she got a sizable paycheck for that. Her best performance of the year, um, second place, is being the Ricardos. I guess. Wow. So um, we have, uh, you know, one of our wizards at Sidewalk, Casey, that's you, has taken that commercial and dubbed in every time Nicole Kidman says AMC, says Sidewalk. And we've also, she's also emblazoned the Sidewalk logo over every AMC logo. And we're playing that before every film until we get a cease and desist. And I cannot wait to get that cease and desist. I mean, it's you assume that they're going to start with cease and desist and not like firebombing the cinema. You know, AMC, oh, the AMC mafia might come if, after us. Oh yeah, welcome, welcome. Uh, okay, well, you know, the the funniest thing about that commercial is when she's like, "We make movies better," and I'm like, "Well, I mean, sometimes, sometimes you actively detract right, right, from right. the experience right. of watching a movie." Uh, but Sidewalk the does not. Um, and uh, this is a. I think this might be a. The longest intro we've ever done. You say that so frequently, though. That can't no, possibly be true No, I think, I think it's a new record. Time. I think it's a new record. Mm. Um, anyway, in case you didn't catch it, we're the official Sidewalk podcast, and uh, this is called Side Talks, and we're going to start that right now. Let's talk about some movies. So now it's time for a segment of the podcast called Phone a Friend, where we do just that. Phone a friend. Hello. Bro, bro. It's Rachel and Corey. Hey. Hi. Calling you just a few minutes late, but you know how we is. Oh, yeah. No worries. No worries. So we want to know. We haven't talked to you in a couple weeks. We want to know what you've been watching. Okay. Well, local yet world-renowned filmmaker Bradford Thomason showed me a movie over the holiday break that somehow I had never seen. And you'll probably be surprised that I had never seen this one. But it's just one of the guys. Oh, wow. I'm actually shocked that you haven't seen that. Yes, that's very weird. Very weird. So we have righted it wrong. Now I've seen it. Okay, good. Well, I have to know everything. What'd you think? Okay. I mean, it's so much fun. I, it was so good and so 80s and had all the things. And, you know, I mean, okay, first of all, she, so for, you know, as the title implies and the cover photo where it's the, um, the lead, uh, Joyce was Heiser. Is that how you say it? Joyce Heiser. And uh, she plays Terry, which is the perfect name for this whole setup, if you know what I mean. Oh, for sure. Um, 
It's mm-hmm. it's like it's Pat before it's Pat. Canceled. <laughs> Canceled. <laughs> but um, she becomes one of the guys. And okay, but the cover of or the you know the poster, it's got her in a locker room holding two um what are they two football helmets? Yeah, football mm-hmm. helmets over, over her boobs. I'm pretty yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. And I thought it was going to be one of these where she's got to be a guy to play football to win the big thing or whatever based on right. that. But there was literally no football. Like it was you know so that was a little misleading. But but you know you know. And then also in the um in the m- movie at one point she says. Sometimes I was just, it was kind of early on, and she said, sometimes I just wish I was one of the guys. So, honestly, I thought at that, because I did not know anything about it, I thought it was going to be, like, a mystical body swap movie. And then she yeah. and her, like, brother or some man somewhere were going to swap. Um, but it is the that. 80s, after all, so it's sure. very yeah, every likely. Movie was a body swap movie right. in the 80s. <laughs> But turns out this one was not either. This one's like straight up just, I guess, you know, like she just dressed like a dude. And, um, and okay, I will say one critique, as much as it was a super fun 80s journey, there was, despite that, not enough montages. Because she goes from being like a babe with her, you know, kind of poofy, big 80s hair and the whole deal and her bikini and just all that. To the the short hair and kind of the the d- male dress ensemble, and with very little montaging. There's one. I mean, it was not a haircut montage or like a, a, a change of clothing. None of that. And there's one. Um, there a little brother is helping her. You know, dudeify, I guess. And he there's a one scene where he tells her to put a like a balled up pair of socks in her pants. You know, uh huh, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So they do that gag, but that's like as much as you get. I mean, it just feels like there was a, a missed opportunity for a montage. Oh, we need more so, montage. Yeah, yeah. We, I mean, if, look, if we can have a entire montage, hat montage, and sleeping with the enemy to Julia Roberts just putting on different hats, we can certainly, <laughs> you know, when somebody is is male presenting, we could certainly get a montage for that, right? Absolutely. Yeah, and there's another the the. The, the other male lead in this later on, um, she helps him kind of have a glow up so he can get a date with this other lady and uh, no montage there either. So I feel like there were two hmm, you're cheated. missed montage opportunities in this movie. But I mean, but that's all to say it was still so much fun and, you know, still, okay. So like she, so just to catch anyone else up. So she, she's at a school as a lady and she is in this, I guess, writing class or newspaper class or you know however that works and she wrote a paper or wrote a I guess a piece for either the school paper but it was also some kind of contest to win an internship with the local paper so you know it's a big deal or whatever and the teacher said no it was no good so she thinks it's because she is a lady and that it's a whole you know sexist reasoning as to why she didn't get the uh didn't get good grades on that and whatnot so this is what's Again, very, you know, ridiculous 80s movie. So she fully enrolls in a different school, like a different nearby <laughs> rival school. And, like, apparently her, their Jumped parents are gun for a couple weeks. So, that, you know, that gets them out of, the, out of the way. But, like, how do you just show up the next day at a different school after her non-montage of her transformation? And, um, and like, she has all these classes. And, of course, why is one of them PE? Where, of course, there's a whole lot of, you know, like, she's got to figure out how to not dress out in the locker room 
despite the movie poster. Um, and, uh, you know, one of these were, you know, me, very logical. Like, how did it, how did she get, I mean, did she have to like talk to a guidance counselor? How did she sign up for classes? Like, did she get a parking pass? Like, I just have all the logistical questions that they completely gloss over, but you know, as they do, as they do. But, um, but then at the new school as a man, she, uh, does, she gets in that class and she enters the same exact paper and spoiler alert, it was also rejected because it was boring. It was just boring. It wasn't sexist at all. It was just bad writing. Wow. Wow. Uh-huh. I have yeah. forgot I have forgotten the entire entire plot here, I think. Yeah. <laughs> but okay. I I remember being similarly misguided by my presumptions about the film and then watching it. I mm. do remember that. Mhm. Mm-hmm. That yeah, that cover did, yeah, really yeah. gives you the wrong idea. It does. But also too, I do think it's better it's more sensitive to the, the the gender role swapping and whatnot than I think I would have thought for nineteen eighty five. Do you know what I mean? Yep. Like watching it today. Hmm. It was like it was it was pretty good. Like there's this so the guy, Rick, is her buddy at the new school that she befriends. And of course, like he thinks she's a guy. And um he's played by um what is his name? Clayton hold on, let me see. Oh, Clayton Roner. Ro Ro Roner? How do you say that? He's the guy in Modern Girls. Oh. You know, the main dude. Oh, that's right. Bruno X. Yes, he's Bruno X. Bruno X. So he's the cool guy at the new school. He's also new. So they befriend each other. And, you know, there's a whole scene. So they got to be good friends. And um, they were in the men's room at one point. And she, as Terry, the boy, has a bit of a sort of a seductive, like, face, uh, face touch, hairbrush moment of him. Like, she sort of reached over and did that. Yeah. And, you know, he was like a little like, whoa. And, you know, he probably thinks that she, as a he, is actually a gay man. But he was cool with it. I mean, not like into him romantically, but he was like, okay with, you know what I mean? And so there was something like that where I'm like, oh, okay. You know, they didn't do any, ooh, gross, you're a, you're really a, a, a guy. You know, none of that. So, like, it seemed better. Yeah. And in the 80s, that it can go there real quick. It can yeah. go there real, mm-hmm. real quick. Into the 90s. Real quick. Really. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, so uh, there's, let's see. Oh, there was a beach prom because, of course. Oh, because, love I mean, that. Beach prom. California That's school, a plus. That's prom. a plus. It was so good. And, of course, then there was a fight with the bully in um, in the ocean and a whole bunch of that. And then um, so at one point she says she tells. So by this time, she's kind of convinced Rick with his makeover that she gave him that we did not get the montage for to ask this lady to prom and yeah. then she realizes her feelings for him because like, Oh, what have I done? And all of this. And so she tells Rick, she needs to tell him the truth. And he thinks it's that Terry is gay, but she's like, no, no, it's not that it's that I'm a lady and into you. Um, and the only way that she can really super duper prove it is she has to show him her boobies. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. Your boobies. yeah. It was coming. It was coming. And you know, but, we have learned one thing from if, if if there's only one thing we've learned from 80s and end of the 90s films, uh-huh. it is that should you ever be a heterosexual person on this planet that then decides to pose as the opposite sex, sure, you are going to fall in love with someone. 
That is what is going to happen. Yeah, it's it's an yeah. unavoidable consequence that <laughs> while you are perpetrating this ruse, you will meet the person of your dreams. It's Ellie, just going to happen. Ellie. So this is new. Listen, for anybody out there listening who's sad and alone, Valentine's Day is coming. If you're looking for the love of your life, simply dr- dress as the opposite sex should you be a heterosexual person, and they will come to you. Like a magnet. Yeah, and then you'll have a real kind of complicated, messy Mrs. Doubtfire situation where you're, <laughs> uh, like, because that definitely happened multiple times in this movie where she, because she actually has a real boyfriend for real who's in college, and he would come around, and then she was, like, going to go hang out with Rick as a, you know, man-to-man boy dude hangout, and then it was, like, she had to change from her lady outfit to her man outfit and take her makeup off, and, you know, lots of Mrs. Doubtfire moments. Yeah, on. yeah, for sure. For <laughs> what a complicated sure. web. So, um, yeah. Oh, what oh, a tangled web we weave when it first. <laughs> when we change high schools and um, and change genders uh, just to get an internship at the local paper. That you don't even get. Yeah. Oh, but, but okay, again, another spoiler, but um, in the end, she writes a piece. Then instead, she writes a piece about this experience. That's what and, she really needed. See the moral uh, of the story here, Corey? I what do. she really needed was some life experience. Mm-hmm. She needs some content. And then, uh, and then she wound up, you know, everybody loved it and, you know, she got the deal and the whole thing. So, um, so it wound up, it's okay for her. Happy for her. And then I think, you know, she broke up with the, so the the boyfriend, the college boyfriend she had at the beginning, he was just, you know, like a bro bro who didn't really care about her for her body. Yeah, he's a dud. It wound up working out, but, um. But yeah, oh, but an interesting tidbit is in real, actual, real life, Joyce Hi, Hi, hold on, let me just make sure, I just don't want to, Heisner, H-Y-S-E-R, Heiser, H-Y-S-E-R, anyway, she um, dated the boss, as in the boss, for four years in the early 80s. Wait, what? The boss? As in the one and only Bruce Springsteen? Yeah, so, and they dated for real, and um, in her bedroom in the movie, as, like, her teenage girl... She has tons of Bruce Springsteen stuff and like a big poster, the one with the, you know, the denim and the handkerchief and the whole thing. Sure. And um, so the butt shot, uh, the famous butt shot. He's got a cute little butt. And listen, this was this happening while I assume while she's dating him or is this a creepy stalker moment where they've broken up and she still wants to plaster the walls with this in the film? See, I think because it said I, I think when I read it on her Wikipedia, it was something like the early '80s, so yeah. it was like a few four years in the early '80s. So I imagine maybe it was still going on because this was '85, so it was probably shot, you know, '84 or so. And um, I bet she was still dating him for real. And they probably thought on, um, you know, for the set dresser, they're like, wouldn't it be cute if we put your actual boyfriend's poster of it's Bruce Springsteen, but he's, you know, he's your real boyfriend, but you're just a teenage girl in this movie. And so, you know, I think that probably Love they it. were together when it was being filmed. So I thought that was a pretty cute. Little, That's pretty um, cute little thing that's pretty so, cute um but yeah it was a fun it was a fun 80s uh you know journey and and had all the things and um yeah i i thought it was a fun just you know it's just a lesson is you know like you said just you know do a switcheroo if you're if you're you're needing things to be more complicated than just do a switcheroo agreed and also what yeah. i mean what a great life this woman was having this actor was having at this time because this is, know. you know, this is like a, this is a, a bit of a, a bit of a hit of sorts and mm-hmm. you know, had a great shelf life there at the video rental store and she's dating the boss. Exactly. Um, how, exactly. Where do you go from there? Well, she did say in, in more recent interviews, apparently that 
if she, so she didn't really want to do the scene where she revealed her boobies, that she was actually a real life lady. Um, but she got talked into it by the creative team. (laughs) Oh, that creative team. Uh huh. Um, and says that if she knew what she knows now about the internet, she wouldn't have done it. Uh-huh. But I mean, oh, MrSkin.com has for sure got a, got a folder. I'm on sure her. this is like a like one of Mr. Skin's early like personal oh, selections. For sure. For sure. Um, <laughs> obviously not a movie that I've ever seen, which is why I've been mm-hmm. relatively quiet. But the Wikipedia page tells me that it's a loose adaptation of Shakespeare's Twelfth Night. It which, is. Okay. <laughs> loose being the key word. Yeah. Loose, loose, be- loose sounds. It sounds very loose. I'll just put it that loose. way. Yeah. Loose, loose. loose is the goose. Spelt L-U-C. <laughs> oh, man. Well, thank you, Lisa, for bringing this one to us. This is this is one I had forgotten about. I am shocked you haven't seen it. Uh, of course, yeah, there's a there's yeah. a bit of a redux later um, with Amanda Bynes. Oh, that's oh, right. She's the man, um, the man, which is another loose adaptation of Twelfth Night, where she, I think, she is she posing as a soccer player in that movie or a football player? I think soccer, yeah. and it's basically this film yeah. modernized with Amanda Bynes. Okay, huh? Well, okay. You know what's interesting? You mentioned the soccer thing. So I was watching like a little YouTube sort of review thing. You know, the the little nerds that get on there and talk about movies. Um, and he, this guy, was like. Uh, he was he was showing the cover and it had it was the traditional cover with the um the football helmets which she's holding up two of them in front of her chest yeah but then he showed another cover and it was the same you know the same locker room the same people but she was holding up two soccer balls mm. and I thought that oh. was really interesting that there were two different versions of this and I wondered because definitely soccer was not probably very big in this country in the eighties so I wonder if that was for the poster for the international audience hey oh good probably call wonder. What are these? What are these football helmets? Like, what's the deal there? Um, so, I think that the, he didn't address the difference in the posters, but I, um, yeah, I think that that might be the case. And so, that's interesting that then the Amanda Bynes version, they were like, let's just do soccer, guys. Yeah, football and European football. That's right. AKA <laughs> soccer. AKA. <laughs> oh man. Well, thanks, Lisa. Uh, I need to go dust this one off. This is a good. Yeah, that's a good little pick. Good. Yeah, I'm into it's it. Got, and I'm it's into it. you know, really good fashion and um and hair and things like that, as we love. Oh, and then I wanted to mention specifically the little brother, um, her brother in the show, Buddy, who helps her kind of, you know, be a dude. Yeah. He is really great. He's super funny. He's like definitely the best part. Um he's that guy, Michael or no, Billy. Billy Jane, J A Y N E, but he used to be go by Billy Jacoby, so I don't know why he changed that, hmm. but you would recognize him. He's hmm. like eighties teenage guy. I'm gonna anyway, go take a he's look. He's really good. Yeah, so when you, yeah, if you watch it, you'll recognize that. But yeah, it's like got, you know, all these folks in it. It's pretty fun. Cool. Cool. Well, the good recommendation. Yeah. All right. Brad. Yeah, thank you, Brad. All right, dude, well, we'll talk to you soon. Okay. Bye. Bye. Roll your mouse over the biscuit maker. Uh, uh, of, uh. (laughs) Man, that's weird. Man, that's weird. Well, I t- got one for tell you. me what's weird. Well, let's talk a little bit about the film Selena. Oh boy! Yes, yes. Um, watched this the other day. Yeah, I, another film that I probably haven't seen since the 1990s. Yeah, uh, it's enjoy. It's incredibly enjoyable, mm-hmm. and not quite bad enough to be a bad selection, sure, but sure. not quite good enough to really, you know. 
be okay watching it. Kind of um, a bit of a star-making performance from uh, Jennifer Lopez. Yeah, and that's what I'm going to talk a little bit about. So J-Lo is indeed, this is this is her break, what we call her breakthrough role. Sure. And, you know, clearly tapping into a lot of things that, that she does dancing and um even though she she actually wanted to sing for this role but did not sing because it was so close to the death of Selena that uh, there was some concern that the fans would, you know, want to hear Selena's actual voice. Gotcha. So she does lip sync throughout this whole entire film, but she certainly is capable of singing. And so one a couple of interesting things, and, and some of them are a little odd, is, is, is the name of the segment. And that is that over 21,000 people auditioned for the role of Selena. Whoa. Yeah. It, it made it the record largest audition uh, actually, the second largest uh, audition since the search for – and the first since the search for Scarlett O'Hara in Gone with the Wind. So Gone with the Wind's search for Scarlett O'Hara was the largest casting audition. Wow. And Selena would have been then the second largest at that time. That's that's crazy. Yeah. And um, Salma Hayek – and that, that includes now their casting. Keep in mind they are casting for the role of uh-huh. o- of older Selena and younger Selena. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. But still, it's still a, a significant number of people. And then um, Salma Hayek was invited to test for the role, but she decided she didn't want to do that. She was concerned that the movie was being made a little too close to the death of Selena and was, and yeah. I kind of think she got some too soon kind of vibes over it. I, I can see that. Yeah, I yeah. can see that. Yeah. And uh, at least that's that's one of the rumors. There's been some sparring between Salma Hayek and J-Lo over this. Whoa. Yeah. And so the producers, specifically one of the producers, had some have, had someone in mind for the role that was not J Lo, and brought them to the to the casting team, and the casting team said no. So there was a lot of back and forth on the casting of this thing. And but once the producers met J Lo, they Jennifer Lopez, they they were hands down, this is the person to cast. Yeah. Um, and what's kind of interesting here though is that Selena uh, that J Lo's coming to this role of Selena. N- and and with the director had was not a fresh face for the director. He had worked with her before. Mm-hmm. So out of all that casting, we end up they end up casting somebody who the director had actually worked with before. So uh, he had almost the entire cast actually of Selena had worked with the director for almost the entire cast, including J Lo. Uh, previously starred in director Gregory Navas. Navas. Yeah. 1995 film My Family. Yeah, Mi Familia, uh, yeah. a movie I've never seen, um, but you've also got Edward James Olmos in that movie, who's, of course, very notably yep. in Selena as well. Right. Uh, so that's interesting. Well, as a matter of fact, in Selena, Jennifer Lo- uh, Lopez and uh, Jacob Vargas. Uh huh. Am I saying this right? I think so. They played the children of Edward Olmos. Yep. And Constance Marie. Is that right? Or Constance. Yeah, I think so. Uh, yeah, Constance Marie. Marie. Um, so anyway, they they end up playing the children, right, and Selena. But in the film My Family, they play the younger versions of their parents. Oh, okay. So another strange, interesting connection there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so uh, some, some interesting – you know, connectivity between a previous film that J-Lo was n- is not really known for and was clearly not a breakout role. And a couple other things really quickly, one of which is a lot of fun. But the first one is just that um, Selena's family would frequently have the entire cast over for dinner. Oh, so Selena's actually a- actual nice. family. And there is some rumor that J-Lo spent the night at their house several times just to sort of connect with the family. Yeah. But here's my favorite piece of trivia regarding this film and that oh, right. is that Jennifer Lopez accepted her boyfriend his uh who by the way was a, a Cuban waiter uh-huh um she accepted his engagement his name was uh Ojani Noas 
Nois? Anyway, she accepted his engagement at the rap party for Selena at the San Antonio, Texas Hard Rock Cafe. <laughs> well, I'm glad those crazy kids made it work. Congratulations and best wishes until, of course, P. Diddy came along. Oh, P. Diddy. He's always doing Oh, that. man. It's hard to stack up against a waiter, but, you know. Yeah. Well, um, I did you just say you had rewatched this recently? I did. I did. How, how is it? I like it. Yeah. I like it. Like I said, it's not it's not bad enough to be good bad. It's not yeah. good enough to be something that I would, you know, really write home about. But. Uh, yeah, I've always gotten the impression that it's a perfectly sort of adequate, respectful sort of music biopic for a figure who was very, very important to a lot of people. And and there was a, a great deal of pressure to sort of, if you're going to do this, you're kind of playing with dynamite a little bit. Yeah. you got to do it right. You don't want to sort of sensationalize what happened and and, and uh, very so close. On. Again, very close to the death. And there was some there was some hoopla yeah. because uh, Jennifer Lopez of course is, is Puerto Rican. Sure. And she's playing a Mexican American. So there was there was some concern there. Uh, there was some some protest against it and some concern but once the film came out I think for the most part it was embraced and you know it, it is it it does seem I feel like those those family dinners and those family yeah. sleepovers kind of shows in the texture of this film. And there's a there's a ton of really interesting trivia around this thing, but I, I pulled out what I thought was the sort of the strangest and most interesting. And I think ultimately, you know, it's a it's a it's a good film. It it's, gets it has some dated. There's some montage stuff that happens towards the end uh-huh. that feels very dated with frame rate and, and so on and so forth. But I will tell you too that I don't want to say anything because a lot of I think at this point a lot of folks if you didn't grow up in that era you may not know that's the story. You, you're familiar with the music or at least a couple of the hits, mm-hmm. but you wouldn't mm-hmm. necessarily know the story of Selena. And I watched this. My girlfriend, my girlfriend did not know oh, what wow. had happened to Selena. And I have to tell you that and she, the whole way through she she of course knew that she, that Selena was no longer with us right. and that she had died at a very young age but not the circumstances didn't know the circumstances and so the wow. whole way through she's going does she die on the does she die on the Ferris wheel because mm. there are some scenes that sort of are ominous in that way yeah. but when what happens happens and again I will spare saying what happens just because if you can avoid the, you know reading the wikipedia entry and go watch the film I do think it's worth your while if you don't know the story and when that happens it she was I'm, she verbally was like, what in the hell? Oh my God. Yeah, kind of, yeah. it is, it is a shocking, shocking thing that uh-huh. I think that it, it is not handled in a, it is not handled in a, in a gross way in the film. I will say that while it's handled in a gross way in the sense of the frame rate, sure, sure. it is not handled content. It's not, in a it's gross not way. gratuitous and it's not, you know, it, it, it does aim to be respectful. That, that's my memory of it. It, again, not a movie I've seen in, you know, 20 something years but um you know it's one that that i've been circling around maybe thinking that i owe a rewatch with you know modern eyes i I would i would it's really enjoyable there's a there's a few scenes too that are really really fun the sort Mm -hmm. of when when she gets when the tour bus breaks down the side of the road and the guys pull over and they're like that looks like selena i think they actually say that looks like selena's that scene is really, really hilarious and good. Cool. Um, there's also a weird sort of triple screen effect with the sunset and the rose at the end. That's just so not even of, not even of that era, but just so tacky that it's mm. kind of wonderful. There's a lot of a lot of fun stuff like that. But overall, I think it's a it's a nice homage to to her and the tragedy. Uh, the other thing I'll say is I really appreciate that they don't drag out the tragic element. Sure, the tragic element happens at the very end. It happens very quickly. It's sort of it's not it, they don't build this it doesn't become a thriller right i like all that um yeah all so right. 
But those are the more importantly, you know, J-Lo got accepted an engagement at the Hard Rock Cafe in San Antonio. That is the most important thing about this segment. Well, thank you so much for listening to the Side Talks podcast. I just did four different voices in one. Did you hear that? I did. I I think you could go go for five. I could. Uh, We are your own personal... You sound like Edward G. Robinson there. (laughs) Your own personal cinematic one I think we've used before, but I'm using it again. Milo and Otis. If we, I'm sure that we've used that I before. Think so. I think so. Okay, um, fine. We're your own personal cinematic Amanda Bynes and Tara Reed. There you go. Um, That's I almost very darkly asked which Milo and which Otis because you know they were going through dogs and cats like oh, t- like tissue paper sad. on the set of that movie. Sad. Um, the and, Humane and Society we were, was not involved. As Amanda Bynes and Tara Reed were going through red carpets like crazy. Oh, I miss the days of Tara Reed, you know, trying to drive a motorcycle and you know flying off of her falling down and you know, all the underwear sh- what happened to those days yeah you what know happened what? to all the underwear shots this of- is this is true today's young starlets just have their shit together what happened to the hot messes of hollywood thank you what happened i mean it's been it's been 30 years since we've seen as many crotches as we did you know well that stuff getting I out mean- of cars and that that doesn't uh, even raise an eyebrow anymore nah, is the thing true. like culture got desensitized to that now we you've went straight gotta- to sex tape I, I don't even know if that that's enough anymore. I mean, like at this point, like I don't know. Like you see that stuff on HBO every week now. If if you want to get the paparazzi's attention, I think like Zendaya would have to like just straight up like drown a guy, yeah. just hold a guy's head underwater until he died. I don't know. Well, I don't know what else would get the attention. I'm not saying that Zendaya should do that, but I don't know. All I'm saying is I miss the good old days of the Lindsay Lohans and the Tara Reeds. They were and the certainly Paris simpler. Hiltons they were the, certainly simpler days. Uh, better, Unfortunately, better times, better you know, times. a little little bit of a bad taste in, in in the mouth when like all of these women have come out like 20 years later and they're like, "Yeah, that was fucked up." <laughs> like, I really, got to bring me down. Corey. I, I really regret all of that. Literally, gotta all bring me of down. that. Um, oh, you know. You know, we had to have something out there to distract us from what Harvey Weinstein was doing in the next room. Ba-dum-bum. Thank oh, you for boy. listening to Side Talks. Thank you, Beltwell Studios. Uh, thank you to Revelator Coffee, our wonderful sponsor who gave me coffee that I desperately needed this morning. Uh, SidewalkFest.com is where you can see cinema showtimes. And always check us out on social media at Sidewalk Film. By the time this is dropping, I'm trying to think if we've announced what's going to be playing at the cinema. Um, I don't even remember anymore. I, we got a sure. couple of uh, uh, climbing films. One, I've been told one. Uh, I was corrected today when I said a uh-huh. couple of one is a uh, is a skiing film and one is a climbing film. Yeah, but they torn. both involve ice and yeah. snow and coldness. I've seen Torn. I think I talked about it on a previous episode. I love that movie. Great tragedy great of film. Macbeth uh, has been playing at the cinema for quite a while. Yeah. By the time you hear this, check that out. Italian if you studies. We've got Flea coming up at some mm, point. Flea's been pushed. Pushed. Yeah. So it might be. A Films while. are pushing, y'all. Just so that's a, a little note here. Films are pushing again. Omicron thank you, thank is, you, Omicron. Uh, is coming to um, disrupt your your cinema scheduling. But if you go to sidewalkfest.com, you'll see what we got going on. There's a lot of fun stuff. A lot of fun stuff coming Some up. Some not so, so fun, but so come see a movie with us. Batwell Studios Podcast Division. Your words, our expertise.